0: Man, Praise the Lord. Man, we've already been enjoying the presence of the Lord and all that He's doing and, and saying here in our presence, thank you for being here and making this a part of a true divine experience that we have with the Lord. I pray right now, if you need a miracle, and, and and I'm telling you what, don't be discouraged if you do. God is a miracle-working God. Don't you give up on God. You pl- let your faith reach in and take hold of and appropriate what God has provided for you. And God is a miracle-working God. He is a miracle. He can work where it seems impossible. There's nothing impossible with Him. Does anybody need a miracle? I want you to say, "I receive it in the name of Jesus." And th- there's other people that maybe can't be here tonight. We need to receive a miracle for Him. We need to believe. God, for a miracle for them, Lord. like those four friends that took their uh, paralyzed friend and dug through the roof and got him before Jesus? We need to intercede and we need to get some friends that maybe couldn't be here tonight before Jesus. And we need to see the divine manifest of Jesus Christ and His miracle-working power blaze a glory trail right through their body. Hallelujah and bring forth a miracle in jesus name now we're going to make the pharisees mad but we don't care about that the sadducees they're sad you see already so we don't care about that we're going to keep on doing what jesus wants us to do amen Amen. i pray everybody has got a good attitude in this house tonight because we're going to be looking at four laws of attitude that will determine your altitude and uh, where you're going the next level is going to be determined by your attitude uh, there was a 92-year-old gentleman, he was feeling really, really bad, and he went to the doctor, and the doctor did all these tests on him and, and, uh, and then, you know, gave him his diagnosis. And the next week, the doctor's out in the park taking a break, just kind of clearing his mind, and he sees the 92-year-old gentleman with a young uh, lady by his side, and they're jumping, and he's skipping and laughing, and they got a frisbee, they've been playing with the frisbee, and he's like, wow. So he goes up to him and said, Man, you're really feeling a lot better. I cannot believe you're out here. And he said, What do you mean, doctor? You told me to get a hot mama and be cheerful. The doctor said, No. I said, You had a heart murmur. Be careful. (laughs) I pray if any negative news has come to you, you'll start hearing it with the good news. Amen. Turn it, turn it, and just hear it for good news. Praise God. But we're looking tonight at uh, our attitude. Because let me tell you what, attitude determines altitude. And God wants you and your family to go to the next level. He's already prepared it for you. It's there for you. But, but we're going to learn these laws tonight that's going to help us move into that next level. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, uh, we read where the Apostle Paul writes to us. And he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Lord, I just pray right now in Your holy name, Lord, the name of Jesus that is above every name, that You, Lord God, would help us sink our minds with Your mind tonight. Lord, that we would have the mind of Christ, that we would think the thoughts and we would believe in the way that You believe, Lord, that we would move to that next level. We pray by the power of Your Holy Spirit You would anoint me, Lord God, that You would take my words and, and do something miraculous with them, Lord. Uh, take, take that which I give, Lord, I pray that you would take it and, and let them hear what you would have them hear tonight. Lord God, to help each and every one, we pray in Jesus' name and everybody said, Amen. Amen. So let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. This same mind comes from a Greek word, uh, phronio, which means to be mentally disposed in a certain direction. It means to exercise the mind in a certain direction. You've got to take charge of your mind and exercise it in a certain direction to set one's affection on or to exercise one's attitude. So to have the same mind as Christ, you've got to exercise your attitude to line up with the attitude and the mindset of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're to have the same mind or the same attitude that Jesus had. And uh, I want you to look at this picture here and you tell me the two that are the same. i uh, give you just a second. You look at it, you tell me the two that are the same. There's a lot of similarities between these eight uh, pictures of snowmen. Our weather man keeps saying over and over, we're going to have snow. And we keep rebuking him, I reckon, or either he doesn't know what he's talking about. Then again, we may be going to have snow. So I thought it would give us some snow, man. So we've got our snow. This is our snow. So we don't have to have any on the ground outside, okay? So we, we've dealt with that. This, this year, let's, let's not have any snow. But which two are similar? On the top and the bottom. Tell me number one, two, three, four. Four and six. Anybody agree with four and six? No one, nobody, nobody agrees with four and six. It's one and eight. One and what? One and six. One and eight. Which (laughs) one? Have y'all been drinking something? One and eight. No, I think there's more forehead on eight than there is on one. Oh, you're just being picky now. Okay, I think it's four and six. I think it's four and six. Just a simple exercise, it really doesn't matter. Take it off the screen so nobody can see it anymore. <laughs> It was, it was letting us see, find the similarities so that we could t- uh, sync them together. And we need to find the similarities of that which we, we see in the attitude of Christ and we need to sync up with Him and so that we can look like Him. There's a lot of folks out here that say they're Christian but they're not truly uh, walking and talking the talk. Walking the walk and talking the talk if you know what I'm just talking about. And that does more damage than good. You know, I've got a saying around here, I've said it you know, probably a thousand times, that your talk talks and your walk walks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. So we've got to walk the talk rather than just talk the talk so that we're not walking in hypocrisy. And uh, so we need to take an inventory in this message tonight and see if your attitude lines up with that of the attitude of Christ. See if these four laws are at work in your line. Because there's a saying, we see what we're prepared to see. Uh, there was an elderly gentleman with his daughter, and they were sitting in two rocking chairs at the general store of this little town. He'd taken her there for some ice cream, and they were sitting out there eating their ice cream. And and this new car drives up, and uh, an individual gets out and comes up on the porch and said, "I'm new to town. I'm moving here. Uh, what are the people like here?" And the gentleman said, "Well, uh, what are the people like from where you're coming from?" Oh, they are the most gossiping into your business. I'm telling you, neighbors would, would not help you put out a fire if they're standing there with a water hose in their hand. Just a terrible place. That's why I'm moving from there and moving here. He said, Well, unfortunately, I hate to tell you, the folks here are very similar. He said, Really? Oh, no. And he goes on in the store. A few minutes later, another car pulls up and Gentleman uh, gets out and he's walking into the general store and he sees uh, the grandpa and his daughter, or granddaughter sitting there and he says, hey, I'm new to town here. What are the people like in this town? And you know, grandpa said, well, uh, what are the people like from where you're coming from? Oh, they're so nice. I'm telling you, neighbors look out for each other. You don't even have to lock your doors. The dogs don't even bark in the evening. I mean, these, this is an amazing place I'm moving from. I hate to leave there, but my job is bringing me here. And uh, Grandpa says, well, the folks here are are just like that. And they say, really? Well, I'm glad to move here. And he goes on in the general store. Then the granddaughter looks at his grandpa and says, you know, Pastor teaches us that lying is a sin, and liars will be friars, you know. And uh, Grandpa, I can't believe you lied. He said, I didn't lie. See, people carry their attitude with them, and whatever attitude they have, that's what they're going to see. And, uh, and there's both of those type of people here. And the first one's going to find those that they're looking for. And the second one's going to find those that they're looking for. We, are, we see what we're prepared to see. Uh, if I held up a glass of water and I said, you know, well, a half glass of water, what would you say? Some would say it's half empty. Some would say it's half full. You, you see what you're prepared to see. So uh, if that be the case, what is your outlook on life? What is your outlook on life today? You've had to deal with some negative things. The enemy has made sure of that. You've dealt with some very positive things. You can see the goodness of God in that. What is your outlook, though, on life today? Uh, And another way to ask that is what is your attitude today? What kind of attitude do you live with? Because your attitude is the outward expression of your inward feelings. And if we're to have the same mind as Christ, then we've really got to get Christ working on the inside of us in order for Him to be manifested through our attitude. And by changing your attitude, you can transform your whole life. This message here can turn a stink situation into a beautiful situation, I can promise you that, if you will hear it and apply the Word of God. Because your attitude overshadows every aspect of your life. That's why the Apostle Paul urges believers to develop an attitude like Christ Jesus. Let this mind that is in you, that be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So let us look at four laws of attitude that will determine your altitude. And the first one is this. Your attitude is your choice. It's your choice. I like what Paul said in Acts 26 and 2. He said, I think myself happy. So I've met some people that really need to change their thinking thinking because they think themselves mad. They think themselves angry. They think themselves a, a stinker, you could say. And uh, Paul said, I think myself happy. Uh, we choose the way we think. Uh, we, we do. Uh, there was a woman uh, that uh, I was reading about and And I don't believe it's a true story, but it definitely makes a good point. She woke up one morning, and and to her uh, dismay there, she saw in the mirror she only had three strands of hair left. Can you imagine waking up to that? Well, this was her attitude. She said, well, I think today I might braid my hair. And she had a great day. Well, the next day she woke up, and she looked and lost one of those, and she only had two strands of hair. She said, well, maybe I'll part my hair down the middle today. She parted her hair and had a great day. The next morning, she woke up and she only had one strand of hair left. She said, Well, not to worry. Today, I'll wear a ponytail. And she went and had a great day. The next day, as you can only imagine, she woke up and she was completely bald as she looked in the mirror. She says, Hooray! I don't have to do my hair today. (laughs) All in your attitude. And let me tell you what, you determine your attitude, not your job, stop blaming it, not your spouse, please let him or her off the hook, not your bank account, not your children, please release the pressure off of them, not your career, not your circumstances, let me tell you what, you determine your attitude, don't let any of those things take control over your life. You say, I'm going to take charge of my attitude. I'm going to stop blaming others for things. And, and, you know, I've heard people say the reason they excuse themselves having a bad attitude. Well, I got up on the wrong side of the bed. They're blaming their bed I mean think about that that's pretty bad isn't it when you start blaming your bed for your bad attitude Uh, stop wishing you were somebody else I've seen people want to do that you know everybody's got problems if you don't believe me if I gave you a breakout session and said go and tell somebody at least two problems you're dealing with every one of you would have two things to share because we all got problems everybody's under pressure everybody's facing challenging situations. And, and I'm here to tell you, if you're grumpy, it's because you want to be. If you are angry, it's because you want to be. If you are mean, I mean mean-spirited, it's because you want to be. If you're a negative person, it's because you want to be because God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, has given you authority, and you can take the authority and exercise it over your attitude. So we're not going to blame other people because we have a bad attitude. We're going to take charge of our attitude. Your attitude is your your choice. You may not have to uh, uh, say so in your circumstances. And I know all of us have circumstances that are outside of our control. But you do have a say so in the attitude that you're going to have dealing with those circumstances. Have the same attitude as Jesus Christ, Paul tells us in Philippians. The same attitude. Let that be uh, what we choose. There was a mother and a daughter. They went on a a shopping spree. Uh, Thinking about Pastor Radica and Morgan. Oh my, going out on a shopping spree. But by the end of the day, the mom was actually wore out. Her feet hurt. I don't know if any of you have ever been there. She developed a grumpy and irritable attitude. And uh, when they left that last store of the night, Uh, She told her daughter, she said, did you see that dirty look the salesperson gave me? And the daughter was being honest because all the shopping was done and it wasn't going to hurt her in in her purchase. And she was honest with mom. And she said, he didn't give you a dirty attitude, mama. You had a dirty look. You had a dirty attitude when you went in there. (laughs) You had a bad attitude when you went in there. Oh my, we've got to take charge of our attitude." Two salesmen, uh, shoe salesmen were sent out on an island and the first one looked around and and he saw that the natives wore no shoes and he thought, why did they send me here? They're giving me a demotion. They're trying to get rid of me. There's no market here for shoes. And he got mad at the administration and he quit his job. Well, the second one looked around and saw the natives wore no shoes and thought, wow, Everybody here needs shoes and the whole market is mine And he became a very wealthy man breaking all the sales quotas and records that had ever been made by that company It's all in your attitude. It's all in your attitude two visitors they go and visit a church and Same church and one says there's no evangelism program here. I'm going to a different church And the other guy says well, there's no evangelism here and i'm just the right one. This is going to be prime picking for the glory of God. You can't change, maybe you can't change your circumstances, but change your attitude. And let me tell you if you've got the same attitude as Jesus Christ, you're going to see the Christos, the Christ, the anointing begin to flow in your circumstances. Let me tell you what, stop trying to change your circumstances, change your attitude. Stop trying to change your spouse, change your attitude. Stop trying to change your job, change your attitude. Stop trying to change your close friends. Change your attitude. And if there's change that needs to be made in any of them, let the anointing that you draw on flow in and supernaturally begin to change their hearts in such a beautiful way because of the example that you are living with. Have the same attitude that Jesus had. And think about Him. On the worst day of His life, the day that He was crucified, He said, for the joy that was set before me. Can you imagine that? He was able to look beyond the worst circumstances on the worst day of His life and see the good that was coming out of it. He was seeing you and me, born again, our sins washed away, white as snow, that we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, that our name had been written in the Lamb's book of life, that heaven is expanded and the kingdom of God is is, is, is expanding on earth. He saw all of that and in the worst day, with the worst circumstances in His life, He said, for the joy that was set before me, He endured. The the cross. Wow. Let me tell you what, Paul tells us that we should look at that and have the same attitude that Jesus had. So, your attitude is your choice. Your attitude about your job, your choice. Your attitude about your future, your choice. Your attitude about the problems that you're facing even tonight, your choice. It's not up to the devil, it's not up to others, it's not even up to God. He's already done His part, it's up to you. And as we looked at that word earlier, phroneo where we are to sync up with the mind of Christ, and that Christ is not Jesus' last name. We sync up with the anointing. The same anointing Jesus has, we sync up to when we have the mind of Him, the attitude of Him, and that anointing begins to flow in to our circumstances and our situations and bring about the glory of God. I want you to experience a miracle from heaven. I want to see you go to the next level. I want to see you experience the supernatural manifest of glory, but we can't do it if we are not synced up to the mind of Christ. We need to have the same attitude that He has. Your attitude is your choice. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you'd make a decision. I'm making a decision. I'm going to have the attitude of Christ. I'm going to be forgiving. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to see the upside. I'm going to see the break through. I'm going to see the miracle. I'm going to see the anointing. I'm going to see the change. I'm going to see the turnaround. I'm going to see my God do great and mighty things. Hallelujah. I'm going to see it. I, I, may, I can't see it in the physical, but I'm going to see it by faith. And as I see it by faith and believe it in my heart and confess it with my mouth and, and, and walk it out in the attitude of my life, I'm going to see it. And I guarantee you, you'll begin to see a turnaround as you tap into the anointing of Jesus Christ. Second thing I have here is a law is your attitude will determine your approach to life. Your attitude will determine your approach to life. Grandpa, you remember I've told the story about when Grandpa came to visit uh, after this very long drive, he comes in and he's tired and he wants to take a nap. And uh, one of the grandkids, you know, just mischievous one, goes in there and rubs some Limburger cheese on his mustache while he's sleeping. And he wakes up in the bedroom and he said, I've got to get out of this bedroom. It stinks so bad. And he goes into the living room and he said, My, I got to get out of this living room. It stinks so bad. And he goes in the kitchen and he said, Oh, my, it smells so bad. She, and mom said, No. His daughter said, No, Dad, I've baked you some cookies. Here, have one. And he got one and went to bite it and he threw it down. He said, No, the cookie stinks. It smells so bad. I got to go outside. And he goes outside and he's standing on the deck and he's looking around and he says, Oh, my, the whole world stinks so bad. <laughs> See, it wasn't the whole world that was thinking. It was, The world stunk because of what was on him. And that Limburg cheese can represent your attitude. What's on you? Boy, it will taint for the good or the bad. I used to work with a veterinarian in some of the operations and things that we had to do with some of the animals. Animals, oh my goodness, it can be quite smelly and... Uh, he had this uh, oil, and he said, just put a little under your nose. He said, it'll help you survive. And uh, I said, Dr. Walter uh, said, uh, after the first time we went and done some stuff, I said, next time I said, could I have some extra oil? (laughs) Whoo, it sure did help. And the extra oil helped even more. What kind of oil, what kind of attitude do you have on you? Have you ever met somebody with Limburger cheese attitude? Have you ever seen them looking at you in the mirror? You thought it was a window, but it was just a mirror. (laughs) Everywhere they go, everybody they get around, everything they get involved with, it becomes an old stink. Don't let that be you. You are to represent Jesus Christ. That is not how Jesus walked and talked and dealt with people here on this earth. There was this man who went to see the doctor. I got all these stories tonight. Man went to see the doctor, and and, uh, he said, Doctor, doctor. Everywhere I touch, touch it just seems to hurt so bad. I know there's something seriously wrong with me, doc. Please help me, help me. I put my finger on my nose, and my, my nose hurts. And if I touch my, my, my uh, over here by my kidney, it hurts. And I touch my thigh, it hurts. Oh, what's wrong with me, doctor? I know I'm going to die. Well, the doctor said, well, let's do some tests, and puts him through a full battery of tests, x-rays, MRIs, CAT scans, everything he could do. And... Uh, a while later, he brings him back in after carefully ex- examining all the tests. And, and the doctor says, I think I found the reason why everything you touch hurts. And he said, oh, tell me, well, I'm going, am I going to live? Will I see another Christmas? My, my wife's anniversary, our anniversary is three months away. Will I, will I be able to celebrate that? He said, well, and he takes a simple x-ray and he points. He said, really, your body is fine. It's just your fingers broken. So everywhere he touched hurt that didn't help me much did it if you've got a broken attitude everything you get involved in is gonna hurt there's an Indian fable that says you know talks about a mouse that was constantly living in fear of a cat and one day a magician changed the mouse into a cat Bam! now the cat is afraid of a dog so the magician turns the dog into a tiger Now the tiger is afraid of the hunter. And the magician says, there's no hope for you and turns him into a mouse again. He says, you have only the heart of a mouse, so I can't help you. I pray some of you would have the heart of Christ tonight and you would let this message help you to change your attitude so that you can soar to the next level of that which God has for you. Your attitude will determine your approach to life. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he proverbs uh, 23 and 7 says how are you thinking in your heart not your mind but your heart your belief system where are where is it coming from do you believe that you're truly a son, a daughter of the most high God? Do you truly believe that God is good and all perfect good, all perfect good gifts come from the Father above? Do you truly believe that Satan is the one that comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and Jesus has come that you may have abundant life in any destruction, in any loss, and any lack, in anything is from the devil, and you're not mad, you don't have an attitude against God, you have an attitude against the devil, so instead of getting mad at God and pulling away from God, which the devil wants you to do, you're, you're joining up with God, and you're saying, "Use me, God." And I'll punch that devil as hard as I can in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on now. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So it's not what happens to you. It's what happens in you that makes a difference. And the third law we're going to look at tonight is your attitude will determine your relationship with people. And, and, and that, that's very, very important because uh, how many of you are in business or sales or have been in business or sales? Okay, a lot of hands, a lot of hands here. Okay, listen to this amazing statistic. Stanford Research uh, Institute did a research and it came out like this. 87% of success in sales is people knowledge and 13% of success in sales is product knowledge. This means you're not in the sales business, you're in the people business. And that's how it is with life. Relationships are everything. We should prioritize relationships. First, beginning with our relationship with our God, our Creator, who walks with us and talks with us and flows in us and flows through us and empowers us and guides us and fills us with His Holy Spirit. We need to prioritize our relationship with Him. We should prioritize our relationship with our spouse Our spouse should be our best friend. We should not see that we're competing, but we're completing each other. And, and as we walk and talk the attitude of Christ before our spouse, we're sinking with the uh, Christos, the anointing of God, and we're bringing the anointing into our household. And if changes need be made, the anointing of God can right the wrong and can, and can uh, shore up, you might would say, the building uh, as we go forward. And then our relationship with our children should be primary as we are representing to them the first ones they ever would see as God, not that we are God, but when they're small and you're feeding them and you're protecting them and you're giving them life, let them see Christ in you. Let them see the attitude that Jesus walked with in you. And let me tell you what, their hearts will embrace your God and you won't have to worry about them walking away from God as they get older. They'll get closer and closer to God because they saw God in your attitude. Now, if you were stomping and slow, throwing and and, and, and murmuring and and fussing about everything all the time with a bad attitude and then go to church and say, thank you, Jesus, glory, glory, glory. Let me tell you what, your kids are going to resent your church. They're going to resent your God. I meet with them, oh my, I meet with them, and I'm like, what is it? And they're like, ah, my parents turned me off. Oh, they was cussing like a sailor until they drove up to the church and walked through the doors and act like the, you know, the, they were angels from heaven, and once the amen was, they're fighting like dogs again. And I didn't want nothing to do with it. Oh my. We've got to have the attitude of Christ. In every day, where we live, how we walk, how we talk, you can pray right now and ask God to fill you with His Holy Spirit or refill you afresh and anew to give you that patience and to give you that goodness and to give you that faith and to give you that love and to give you all that He brings forth in His fruit through His Spirit through our lives. Oh God, help us here at Christian Embassy to walk and to talk and to model an attitude that is truly in sync with you, Jesus Christ. Not just here on Sundays and Wednesdays, not just here on a church function, but when nobody's looking, when we're out there in the highways and the byways where it can truly make a difference in the lives of those who are watching. Your attitude will determine your relationship with people. Nordstrom's has this motto, they say the only difference between the stores is the way they treat their people. And we want to treat our people like they're very, very special and high end. Yeah, I know that's in business and maybe just for profit, but they've got a point there. Let me tell you why. Relationships can be made or or broken because of an attitude that is in that relationship. Oh, to be patient with one another. Ask God to help me, Lord. I'm not going to settle for anything less, but I'm going to be patient in my relationships. Beginning first with the ones that you trust and love the most because normally that's the ones we treat the worst. That should not be. Somebody amen. Yeah, I was like, don't you leave me standing out here by myself. I'm telling you, when I tell you the truth, we got to amen it. We got to come up alongside it. We got to say, Lord, let it be in me amen we'll treat a stranger with a lot more dignity and a lot more uh, charisma and a lot more care than we treat our our spouse and that should not be oh my i'm flirting with my wife all the time i'm telling her how beautiful she is all the time i'm telling you, i'm in love with my wife i chose that attitude 23 years ago and it only gets better and better and she gets more beautiful and more beautiful and sweeter and sweeter and my life is grand and you say, oh, only pastors because you pastor. Go read the statistics on pastors and their, their, their relationships and their home life. I chose to go with the word. I chose. I'm going to have the mindset of Christ. It don't make me a bit more special than you. I'm just, I'm just working the word because the word works. And I'm trying to encourage you to work the word because the word works. My son here, 21 years old, without me even asking him, we had to run uh, an errand out of town and we got back and the house looked like it was a model ready to be shown for sale. And I was looking for the for sale sign out front. I said, did Townsend put our house on the market? That Monica or Jeff or somebody's done talked him into selling the house. What's going on here? And uh, it just smells so good, looks so good. And he's just like, no, I just wanted y'all to have a, a nice coming back. And I told, I told Pastor Rodriguez, I said, we're going next week too, and we're going next week too, and we're going next week too. I said, this is absolutely amazing. This house hadn't looked this good in 15 years. <laughs> now, did I tell him to do that? No. But I love that boy. I guarantee you there ain't no daddy gonna love his son like I love my son. You can try to match it, okay? But I love my boy, I'm gonna take care of my boy, and I I respect my boy, and I and I talk to him, and I encourage him, and I and I I want to model what I'm preaching here. He's sitting right there. And the other two, Morgan and Kel, they're they're watching me. So I gotta I gotta do it. But the good thing is I don't do it because they're watching me. I do it because I've got a i have got I'm just fall in love with the Lord and He's so good. And the, you know, it's gone from since I was 17. And he saved my life. He just gets better and better and better. I don't want to please anyone else as much as I want to please him. And I want that to be contagious on my life that everybody would not want to please me, but please the Lord. He's so good. He's a good God, He's worthy. No praise. He's worthy of glory. He's worthy of honor. He's worthy of a revival to break out here. He's worthy of us to evangelize. He's worthy of us being a little uncomfortable to tell somebody else that may be lost that there's a way, that there's truth, and there's life in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He's worthy. I learned a long time ago when I was a teenager, people can't make you happy. Okay, the only person who can make you happy is you syncing up with God. You can't, don't lean on people. The moment you decide to be happy, let me tell you what, people, uh, then people begin to add to your happiness. They don't determine your happiness. And there's people come into my life, they add to my happiness, and then there's people come in, they want to uh, uh, subtract from my happiness, and I, I have boundaries. You, you're not getting in until you learn, okay, you're not going to come in and destroy my life. I'm, I, so you have to set healthy boundaries up. And, and that's a whole other teaching. But please hear me. If you're getting married because you think a person's going to make you happy, you're greatly deceived. Oh, if I just marry him. Oh, if I just marry her. It's go- Oh, you're deceived. Because if you're not happy now, you're probably going to be miserable in six months after you get married or less. I tell singles all the time, make sure you're whole before you get married. Make sure you're whole before you get married. Because the worst thing you can do is meet someone who is needy. I call them Shanita. I've shared her with you before. She need a rent money. She need a car. She need a house. She, you know, Shanita. You, and you don't want to be a Shanita. Shanita, somebody to make her happy. She needed somebody to give her self-esteem. She needed somebody to open a door for her, you know, to help her get into a career, okay? Hear me now, you need to make yourself happy, give yourself some self-esteem, encourage yourself in the Lord. That's what David taught us to do. And find that your joy is in the Lord. Your joy is in the Lord. Turn and ask somebody, is your name Shanita? Go ahead. Be bold, do it. Are you Shanita? (laughs) Shanita? The amazing thing is, The person who finds their joy in the Lord, I heard that, Sister Bianca, I heard it. (laughs) Sometimes those people who find their joy in the Lord is not so needy, uh, you know, and and when you find that your joy is in the Lord and you're not so needy, you know, things begin to start looking so much better. Your mother wasn't created by God to make you happy. Let her off the hook. She was a fallible... She didn't know. She, just like every other mother and just like every other father, we don't get this instruction manual when they're born. We get this little thing they send us home with and there's no instruction manual. We got to learn as we go. Your mother, your daddy was not created to make you happy. Your husband, your wife, your children weren't created to make you happy. They can add to your happiness, but let your joy come from the Lord. Don't lean on people to make whether or not your life's going to be good. Some people have what I call a destination disease. Well, if I could get there, I'd be happy. Or if I could get that, drive that kind of car, I'd be happy. Or if I had a house like that, I'd be happy. Or if I could just somehow get that promotion, that title, that, that rank, I'd be happy. If I could just have a bigger business or a larger income or a higher position, I'd be happy. Look at me one moment, and let me help you out just a little bit. There is no moving van in existence that can move you to happy land. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. What a letdown thousands have experienced when they thought that new house or that new job or that new promotion or that inheritance or that windfall was going to make them happy. It never has and it never will. It never has and it never will. So let's check ourselves and make sure that we don't have this destination disease. Others I have, I see, and I've studied this, I see they have what I call a Simonian disease. Uh, someone, they need disease, okay, if I can call it that. And uh, they, they said, if, if I had somebody else in my life, I had something else in my life. You've got to be careful. When you think the grass is always greener on the other side, it may be just because they don't clean up behind their pet, okay? And it's not very fun to go play in that yard even though it looks greener. You've got to be careful saying, well, if I had a husband like that. Some people told Pastor Rudy, if I had a husband like Pastor Tim, she said, huh, you'd be praying a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a wife like her, if I had a job like that. The Bible tells us that we are unwise when we compare ourselves with others. In 2 Corinthians 10 and 12, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend us. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not, say it out loud, wise. They're not wise. They're not wise. Wow, we need to learn to be content. We read in 1 Timothy 6 and 6, now godliness with contentment is great gain. And that word contentment, uh, is, it grows from this attitude towards living God's way. And contentment was one of the highest Greek ethical qualities, meaning sufficiency in self. And when Paul, by the Holy Spirit, uses that Greek word, he brings it in and turns it to mean sufficiency in Christ. So Paul revealed that uh, Paul revealed to us that uh, in his discovery that contentment is to be know that we are complete in Christ. Our reliance is on Him, and He says, "I can do all things, all things through Him who strengthens me." Wow! So we must become content in the Lord. Find our joy. Find our happiness. Find our peace. Find our place in Him. And, and, and let that be where our joy is. Let that make us happy. And others can just add to that and we can set boundaries and not allow the enemy to come in and steal from that. First Timothy 6 and 17, he says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but to trust in the living God. I would say to you tonight, trust in the living God. Because He gives richly all things to enjoy. He wants you to enjoy your life. He wants you to enjoy the blessings. He wants you to enjoy good health. He wants you to enjoy good relationships. But don't let all of that be dependent on others. No. Don't let it be dependent on the riches of this world. No. Let it be dependent on God. That our trust is in the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your attitude is your choice. Your attitude will determine your approach in life. Your attitude will determine your relationships with people. And then finally, your attitude can turn your problem into a blessing. Let's just go ahead and put a plural on that. It can turn your problems because I guarantee you all of us are dealing with some problems. So we're not going to soak in self-pity and we're not going to whine and we're not going to groan and we're not going to take the victim mentality and, or blame others. We're, we, we're, we're not going to permit that. We're not going to allow that. No. We're going to say, let me tell you what, the enemy may have gotten a fiery dart in here, but what the enemy meant for evil is going to be turned for good. It's going to be turned for good. There was once a king who went hunting with a good friend of his, and they were out there, and his friend accidentally shot his, right, his thumb off. And he was so sorry. He said, I'm so sorry that I did this, Your Honor, I mean, Your Majesty. And he said, well, we were friends, but we're not friends anymore. And he was so furious, he threw his friend in the dungeon Sometime later, the king went hunting another uh, excursion and he ventured into a distant land where he'd never been before and suddenly he was surrounded by these cannibals. And they tied him up and they were ready to cook him and and eat him and, and the chief saw his hand had no thumb on it. He said, no perfect, no cookie. No perfect, no cookie. And they let him go. Well, he went back to his friend who he had locked up in the dungeon and he apologized and and he says, I'm so sorry I put you here by me not having this sum. And he tells him the story. He said, he saved my life. Well, his friend said, you don't need to apologize. I want to praise God that I've been in the dungeon for so long. He said, how is it you can praise God having been in this stink old dungeon for this length of time? He said, if I hadn't been in the dungeon, I would have been with you on that hunting excursion and they would have eaten me because I've got two good thumbs. <laughs> your attitude can turn your problems into blessings. Oh, Joseph modeled this. What, uh, I mean, Joseph didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit like we have. Joseph didn't have the Holy Spirit living in him and flowing through him with the fruit of the Spirit like we have access to. But let me tell you what. Look at his life. And, and, and his brother sold him out. He kept the good attitude. His employer sells him out and he kept the good attitude. His cellmate sells him out and he keeps the good attitude. I mean, circumstance after circumstance was against him over and over, but he kept a positive attitude. And he trusts God. And God turned the situation around. And his problems became blessings. I'm here to tell you tonight, your attitude can turn your problems into blessings. I am praying that you will leave here in a few moments and you will face your problems and your negative situations. We all have them. But you would face them with a positive attitude. That you'll realize that you're never defeated until you're defeated on the inside. And because of Jesus Christ, you need not surrender to the world. You need not surrender to the attacks of the enemy. Because greater is He who is in you than he who is in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus had this mindset that he wasn't going to give up. They tried to beat him to death on that 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 post that when they tied him to that pole and was beating with the can, uh, the, uh, the tail the cat of nine tails trying to kill him there but he wouldn't give up. When he's dragging that old rugged cross up the hill and he's falling down and they're kicking him and screaming at him and beating him, he would not give up. Even when that, that timber had to be carried by another, and he is there, he goes to the top, and I believe he extended his hands to be nailed, and he extended his feet to be nailed, because he said, no one's taking my life. I'm laying it down freely. Our Jesus didn't give up. He was not a failure. He is not a loser. And the same is true for you. You. You should say, I'm never going to give up because I am in Him and He is in me and and I've got the same mind, the same attitude of Christ. I'm not going to fail. It may look like I'm failing right now, but if I keep getting up, I'm not a failure. So you can get back up. I'm not a loser. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to take the hand that created the heavens and the earth and He's going to help guide me and direct me and strengthen me to get through what I'm going through right now. We need to adopt the attitude of Christ. I mean, others say they hate people. Others say, everybody's doing me wrong. Others say, life is just too hard. Others say, you know, I never get a break. Jesus never, you don't record that. He never said anything like that. And we're to take his attitude. He had the attitude that I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. He had an abundant life attitude. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you would adopt it. That you would adopt an abundant life attitude. That no matter what the circumstances that you're facing, no matter what type of issues you're facing, no matter what kind of problems you're dealing with, that you have this attitude in your heart that I'm going to see the victory. I'm going to see overcome. I'm going to see the brighter side of this because I'm going to keep on in Christ and Christ in me. I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. That's what I see because Jesus Christ is my model. Jesus Christ is my example. And just like Joseph, he said in Genesis 50 and 20, he says, but as for you, talking to his brothers, you meant it for evil. You meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. And in order to bring about, as it is this day, to save many people's lives. That means what you're going through, if you will will, uh, take the attitude of Christ, your problem is not going to be turned just into a blessing for you, but it's going to be a blessing for others. It's going to be a blessing for others. Amen? Will you receive that? Let this mind that is in Christ Jesus be also in you. In short, have the same attitude of Christ. And I close with this. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do and the God of peace will be with you. The God of Shalom, the God of nothing broken, nothing missing will be with you. Hallelujah. I want you to stand with me. Hallelujah. And I want us to say in the name of Jesus tonight that I'm praying God help me to sink my attitude with you. It's my choice and I'm making a choice right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm going to sink my attitude with you. Lord, I know my attitude affects people. My attitude affects my next level. My attitude turns my problems into blessings Lord so right now God I don't want to leave here until I do some heaven on earth business hallelujah Lord that my heart would align with your heart That my mind would align with your mind. That I make the choice right now that I'm going to forgive everyone who has wronged me, everyone who has failed me, everyone who has let me down, everyone who has hurt me, everyone who has abandoned me, everyone who has abused me, everyone who has taken from me, everyone who has pressed against me, everyone who has just come in here as a traitor in my life, I'm forgiving them right now in the name of Jesus. I'm getting all this garbage, all this baggage off of my heart and my mind right now Lord I say I choose I forgive I forgive them I release them in the name of Jesus God I turn them you said cast my cares upon you for you care for me I'm casting all of that on you Lord I want my heart to be able to breathe again I want my mind to be able to breathe heaven's air again so that I can sync up with your anointing Lord I need your anointing I need the Christos I need the the anointing of heaven on earth flowing into my life flowing into my marriage flowing into my finances flowing into my business Business, flowing into my studies, flowing into my workplace, flowing into my neighborhood, flowing into this world. Lord God, I need, I need your anointing. So I want to be a conduit open right now, open for your anointing to flow in and through me. And I can do that when I take and adopt your mind, your attitude. I receive it right now in the name of Jesus Lord I pray Holy Spirit fill me fill me fill me Holy Spirit let the fruit of you Holy Spirit manifest through my life Lord I pray as I would not quench you Holy Spirit that I would not grieve you Holy Spirit that I would not put my agenda ahead of your agenda no I'm putting my agenda out the window Lord I want your agenda your mindset your heart for me you created me you're the one have purpose and destiny for me so I want what you have for me So, Lord God, I just love you tonight. And I'm embracing you tonight. And I'm embracing your attitude, Jesus. I'm embracing your mindset, Jesus. And I'm I'm not going to make excuses and say, well, that's just how I am, Lord. No, Lord, I, I am changing right now for the good as I come and I take the mind of Christ. Yes, let this mind of Christ be in me, bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ. I'm not going to let your thoughts rule and reign in my mind anymore. If it doesn't line up with you, Jesus, it's got to go. It's got to go. It's going to line up with you or it's got to go. So Lord God, I just pray tonight as I thank you for this amazing altar service we had. Uh, Here during praise and worship Lord what an amazing time as you were preparing us for this word as you were preparing us As we were kneeling on this altar and crying and praying and rejoicing and thanking you Lord God for your mighty move and your Anointing in this house as you were preparing us for this word now Lord God we say thank you Lord Thank you that you've given me this opportunity to hear the truth to respond to the truth and now to go and walk in the power of this truth That will literally transform my life. To you be the glory. To you be the honor. And to you be the praise. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on now, your attitude determines your altitude. Let's go to the next level throughout this week. Amen.